Hi, I'm Lauren Stibing, and I would like to welcome you to the Career Success Podcast. On today's episode, we will be joined by Vincent Egby. Vincent has 12 years experience within key account management, market strategy and planning, and general management roles across the African continent. He started his career in P&G, where he progressed to become the group manager for corporate market strategy and planning, West and Central Africa, within just nine years. During this role, he was able to emerge Nigeria consistently among the world's top five fastest growing regions in P&G globally, where it served as an engine for growth for the region and a good example of a PNG success story in emerging markets. In March 2015, he began his current role as country manager West and Central Africa for Kraft Heinz, which includes key markets such as Nigeria, Ghana, and Senegal. Welcome, Vincent. Thank you, Lauren. Great. I know all of our listeners are really happy to, to have you here today to hear a bit about um, your opinions about Africa and, and some areas that uh, we'll be asking you about. Yeah, I mean, it's really good to be here myself. Thank you. Great. So my first question um, is, you know, from your point of view, what key achievements have helped you to become general manager for West and Central Africa? I mean, I think that being born in Africa at this particular point in time, I mean, within the time frame I was born, would be the biggest help. You'd see uh, in the last decade, um, if you take the last, uh, if you take out from 2015, when we've seen the economic slowdown, um, Africa, six of the top 10 fastest growing economies were from Africa. Okay? Mm-hmm. In many parts of the continent, democracy was taking root. So I, I would say... Um, I would say this was purely serendipity that I was born in this time. That's one. Okay. Second was um, the choices I made. I I said I was going to work for a company like Procter & Gamble. um, And I wanted to work in customer business development. And Africa has very, um, a startup distribution culture. That's what I would say. Startup distribution culture. And many of the categories that are growing in Africa today are young because I would say Africa became of interest to Western companies uh, a lot more recently. And even the Western companies that were here had limited portfolio because of the limited spending power of the consumer. So joining Procter & Gamble um, and joining the customer business development, which exposed me to both sales, business development and marketing, um, put me in in the the position to uh, get into general manager. That's the uh, first thing that comes to mind. And why did you want to go into customer business development? Well, first, it was an outdoors job. We meant we drove around a lot. So, you know, I have two answers to this question. I have the real answer and I have the non-real answer. So you're going to decide which one is the real answer or not. Okay. So the first answer is this. I love driving and I wanted a job that gave me a uh, brand new car where I could drive for hours, go to different places, and have the opportunity to listen to Jay-Z. Okay? <laughs> That's one reason. The second, the second reason is customer business development was the uh, function that basically gave you the fastest pathway to gen- being a general manager because general managers typically come from one of three functions. Either, you know, typically they're good in sales, finance, or building brands. 
And customer business development taught you sales, marketing, and you manage the financials of your partners. So it pretty much gave you the uh, opportunity for you to grow very fast. So I'm going to go with the the second answer as the truth, but the first answer just adds a plus to the second answer. (laughs) Your decision. (laughs) So you're not going to share with us which is the real answer. We'll just have to guess. So, and I mean, looking at, I mean, I know you're saying that this was the fastest path to, to general management, which I, I think is, I completely agree with. Um, and what attracted you to then general management more than being a specialist in one area? You know, I don't know if I would say I chose it or it chose me. When you join uh, customer business development in Nigeria, after three months of training, you were sent to manage a team at the distributors. And the distributor team would typically have different functions, you know, logistics, warehousing, finance, salespeople, agencies. And so managing people was the most important skill. And I found managing up and managing down was what was very critical as a skill to get things done. I think if you ask me to rank the most important skills, I think the first skill was leadership, having a clear vision of what you wanted to achieve. And having the energy to energize other people to join you in achieving that vision. However, management, in terms of being able to manage people, manage your bosses, manage manage processes, manage your distributors, manage um, people who don't report to you but whom you need to influence to get things done, um, showed me that this was an area of development that I, I, I needed to continue to build on. And I found that you needed a mix of skills to run a business. You know, if you were just a sales guy, you understood sales, but you were never going to understand how government policy could impact your business. And I lived through government policy nearly shutting down our business in 2004. And if you just stuck to sales without looking at marketing, you would never understand what it meant to build a brand's equity. Okay, how to build a consumer-driven plan versus just a customer push plan. And if you just stuck to a certain function, say you wanted to specialize in marketing, you would not understand supply chain and the complexities and, and lead times around supply chain. And, you know, and supply chain is split into many different functions, quality and you know, transportation, warehousing. So general management meant you were not a jack of all trades, but you were able to understand the frameworks for all the different functions to run a business. And I want to ask you, I mean, I know a lot of our listeners are very curious about the the African market. What do you think are the biggest challenges within the African market at the moment? If you think about Africa as an economy, it's um, 1.1 billion people, okay? 1.1 billion people but split into 54 countries. That's less than the population of China and less than the population of uh, just about the population of India. India probably even has more people, but India is one country. The GDP, nominal GDP, would be, what, one point something trillion. We put per capita income at about, you know, about $1,500, $1,600. Most of the African countries are not big enough to define 
um, to be able to play on the global stage. As a result, they need an exchange currency to be able to do business. And this, for me, is one of the biggest challenges of doing business in Africa. The other big challenge for Africa is uh, a lack of consistent leadership. So you need visionary leadership for a country to be able to plan in times of abundance and to be able to collaborate and plan in times of scarcity. And most countries in Africa, most countries in Africa, have not had that leadership. And so the countries have an excess when there is excess and are unstable when there is scarcity, like now. And so doing business in Africa, uh, you know, for me is, um, is quite challenging. You know, to simplify what I'm telling you, I'll put it on three simple areas. First is the African countries are still quite protectionist. So the, the taxes and the duties on most things like food items are quite high. Something like ketchup in West Africa attracts 35% duty compared to other developed parts of the world where it attracts less than 10%. Those kind of duties dampen consumption because they raise the overall prices of the product. That's one. Two, it's difficult for you to build factories in most parts of Africa because those parts of Africa do not have the scale. The infrastructure is not yet there for the countries to be interconnected so that the consumers are interconnected like Europe. So if you build a factory in Poland, the factory could serve Spain, the factory could serve Sweden. But in Africa, that's almost impossible. If you build a factory in South Africa, South Africa belongs to SADC, a different trading block. This is a different trading block from Kenya, it's a different trading block from Nigeria. And the infrastructure connecting the countries is not strong enough, okay? Okay. So these are some of the challenges at the moment. Talent is quite scarce. You have a large population, but talent is quite scarce. Yeah, I mean, actually, I've heard not just within Africa, but globally, I mean, in terms of, of talent management, that there is a shortage of, of talent. Are there areas within consumer goods, you know, that you feel that skills need to be developed, but um, people don't have them or they actually don't even exist yet? Yeah. First, engineering. The skills are not there at the moment. Engineering skills. Engineering skills to fix broken parts and to create parts for the factories, they don't exist yet. Factory management, very, very scarce. Distribution skills, extremely scarce. There are many people in sales, many people in distribution, but very few people know how to build distribution systems. So how would you suggest, you know, for these skills to be developed? I think the two ways. I think one of the ways could be you go the Indian route. So you're familiar with India in the 1930s. I think the first prime minister, Nehru, uh, no, I've forgotten his name. The first prime minister, I think it's Nehru. Uh, I need to remember to be exact. Um, started up the um, ITC colleges in India, about five of them. And those ITC colleges eventually led to the um, IT revolution in the 90s and the capabilities that they built as India. Today, India became is a net quarter of uh, outsourced 
just jobs, IT jobs, you know? Mm -hmm. And think about global talent in IT. Um, the IT companies are run by Indian, Indian talent. Um, you look at Google, you look at Microsoft, origins of where the talent came from. And so you, you can take that route. But for Africa to do that, we need to open our borders. Um, most African countries need visas apply before people can come. They make it difficult for you to come and do business. When you look at the eight or 30 countries and the ease of doing business index, African countries account for more than 60 to 70% of those countries. Um, so people are, it's difficult for people to come into many African countries. It's difficult for people to come and set up businesses. So Africa needs to open its borders to talented people. And I think that when borders are open, these people can come into Africa and see these type of challenges as business opportunities. We need more real technical colleges. Um, technical colleges supported by multinationals, supported by companies, supported by governments. Um, instead of the uh, companies to, to just keep implementing higher and higher tariffs to protect local industries which don't exist. For example, you want to import uh, uh, chewing gum into Cameroon, you need to pay duty of 80%. Why not set up a technical college to ensure that Cameroon is able to have the engineering talent yeah. and the technical talent to build chewing gum factories, chewing gum machinery? And I think that uh, that's the direction I see countries like Ethiopia taking. Um, and I think that that will be one of the ways. The heart of the talent discussion starts with opening up borders. If people, if the economies are more open, People can travel from different parts of the world to open businesses here, open technical schools themselves, and those in themselves are businesses, but they solve the problem of the countries. So these are some of the uh, policies that I think would help um, change things here. All right. Well, thank you so much, Vincent, for, for being on our podcast today. And um, I really appreciate you being here with us. Thank you, Lauren. We would love to hear your feedback on this episode of the Career Success Podcast. So if you have any questions or comments, please post them below. Thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to you joining us next time.